on listening to Zero Distortion. And what do we do when we fall off the horse, Master Wayne? We get back on. Yeah, because everybody asked for a uh, Michael Caine impression. What's up, guys? Um, back in the saddle. Back on top of things. Uh, February has sucked so far. It's been it's been pretty rough. Um, uh, my best friend's brother basically my older brother, um, we weren't super close, but still, it's it's family, um, he passed away a couple weeks ago, and, uh, then, I think it was the very next week, my grandma passed away, uh, at least with grandma, it's like, she was 92, she, she was tired, she was ready to She's ready to go home and, and see Grandpa, so that's... I can at least be glad that they're, you know... They're all having a good time, hanging out back again together in the afterlife, so... But it still is not fun. Some mild feeling like 2014... Like in my brain, my brain is like, oh no, it's happening again. Like people are starting to drop like flies. Although I know it's just, you know, that's just how things happen sometimes. But I think I'll be okay. (sighs) Anyways, how about this ice? It's, uh, it's fun. I've got my work computer here. I'm ready to work from home. I'm pretty sure it's iced over. I have no idea. I'm probably not going to get on the roads anyways, even if it isn't, at least until Friday. We'll see. Um, yeah, I'm prepared to work from home. I'm probably going to work from home. So I had a schedule. I had a schedule, I had a whole plan, and now it's kind of been dashed asunder because I ended up taking last week and like half of this week off from podcasting. So obviously for this episode, I'm sticking with the one that was planned for this week. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, oh, wait, no, that's, okay, never mind. I, I planned for this, well, not planned completely, but, like, I, I planned for this to happen, I forgot, so, today's episode is today, Persephone is next week, um, (laughs) time wave zero, we're, we're reviewing it first, first, uh, first episode of next month the reviews are not looking great so far (laughs) and i think it's simply because of the genre shift the 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 
whiplash of it being an ambient album from these like weird psychedelic death metal guys it's mm, it's weird and then after that i've got in the in the court of the dragon by trivium that that one can probably move back cuz why didn't anyone tell me that Allegian had an album coming out this Friday, tomorrow? So it'll be out tomorrow. Uh, I'm probably going to look at it because it sounds, I mean, I think I've listened to Apoptosis once. Proponent for Sentience is uh, top-notch stuff. I love Proponent for Sentience. But... This sounds, this stuff sounds really good. It sounds polished. It sounds like they're moving in that kind of commercial death metal realm. I use quotes there. Kind of like Rivers of Nile. And I think I said the same thing about Black Crown Initiate on their last album. It, It sounds like some of these bands have found a way to package their death metal to be more accessible something that someone who doesn't listen to this stuff can go and listen to technical death metal and somehow it's in a package that is easy to digest for people who don't listen to this stuff normally it seems like that's the direction that they're headed because before i'd say apoptosis to just the simple mind would be a little uh abrasive probably but it sounds it sounds like damnum is that how you pronounce it can't be damnum it's probably just damnum i'm pretty sure that um they're headed in that direction as are a lot of death metal bands it seems like death metal is finding some kind of shift overall where it's it feels like it's becoming something more commercial i hope it's not to the point where in a couple of years you could hear like rivers of nile on the radio that would be cool like one song if they got one song on the radio that would be cool but um speaking of commercial sounds that shouldn't have worked let's uh let's take a trip back to 1994 i was like three so all of this went over my head um there was a lot going on musically in the world of rock there was grunge music which had you know it had a drug problem that whole that whole generation is just dead or dying I mean, the guy from the Screaming Trees just died the other day. Eddie Vedder is like, he's hes the last man standing, basically. But grunge had kind of a drug problem, but it was very emotional and very heavy in subject matter. But it, it was kind of what was popular. And then you had a lot of funky stuff like your uh, your Red Hot Chili Peppers some alternative music like Jane's Addiction and then whatever whatever um, Faith Faith No More is 
whatever they are, the, they they were around at the same time. So what you had was this, and then on top of that, you had um, some of the early groove metal bands. If you don't know what groove metal is, it's kind of a, it's, it's an offshoot of thrash metal. So you know what thrash metal is. Metallica Slayer is fast, fast stuff. Slow that down to like a mid-tempo and make it heavy, like down-tune the guitars. So we're talking, you know, Machine Head, Prong, uh, Devil Driver, Lamb of God. Even though those bands can get pretty fast, it's just typically it's at a mid-tempo. The early, some of the earlier examples, like some of the Godfathers would be, I mean, Prong, I already said, but Pantera from Cowboys at Cowboys from Hell on and uh, X Order, who I'm not super familiar with, but they're always mentioned as a progenitor of or a godfather, if you will, of groove metal. So all of this stuff is going on. I mean, death metal is death metal is a thing at this point. We've already got we've already got quite a few bands going on. Um, and then something happened in 1993. There, there was a melding, uh, a kind of a melting together of a lot of different pieces of these uh of these different genres they're i mean taking some hip-hop influence a little bit of funkiness when it comes to the beat um a strange foreign way of playing the bass but still kind of a hooky catchy radio friendly structure to the music itself and very, very angsty lyrics. Now, at the beginning, they're pretty, pretty dark. But as time goes on, it's kind of it kind of becomes an angsty thing. I'm talking about new metal, of course. New metal was new metal is my fad genre. I like metalcore, like melodic metalcore mid-2000s metalcore but it never hit like new metal for me because a lot of those bands they they kind of have their own things i guess but like not in the way new metal did new metal was vastly different it was vastly um varied there there are many 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 different flavors of new metal i mean you've got bands that are first of all you've got the bands that are really not new metal at all but are always either considered new metal just by association or new metal adjacent or whatever you will i would consider them new metal adjacent because they were around at the same time and had similar sounds like Deftones. I mean, they came up with corn. They're like homeboys with corn. They've been around together. Um, not not new metal to me. 
maybe the first couple albums, maybe the first one, but with Around the Fur, they started to push into some new territory. And in White Pony, they fully did. And they have con- they've continued on in a similar vein since then, mostly getting heavier. But it's not, it's not new metal. I'm sorry, guys. It's just not. Um, another one I would say is Static X. They're they're more of an industrial kind of sound. Again, new metal adjacent. System of a Down. I mean, I get why you would say that, but they've always felt like they were a little different. Like some like new metal just does not fit uh, as a descriptor for System of a Down. Never has for me. And I, I think I might go ahead and throw Mudvayne in there. Like, yeah, okay, sure. LD50 was pretty heavy and angsty and had that new metal flavor. They were all painted up, but sound-wise, I'm not getting new metal off of it, guys. I'm just not. And I've listened to it. And you know what? I'm going to cross my arms and make a stand right here. After uh, talking to one of my homeboys about it, uh, Slipknot, not new metal. You can tack the new metal genre onto them if you them if you want, and I probably will in the future, just for the sake of ease, because that's how everyone knows Slipknot. They're a new metal band. They really aren't, guys. I mean, let's just just go listen to their first album. Maybe maybe tonally they are kind of kind of new metal, they kind of sound new metal, but like really they're a bunch of death metal guys that decided to have some samples, some turntables and the turntables kind of fall by the wayside quickly in their discography. They become a little bit less of a thing. You're listening to death metal that's been packaged. You're listening to extreme metal that's been packaged for the radio. It's very weird to think about it that way, but that's what that is. That's what Slipknot is. When you listen to... Uh, okay, their first album has, some, has more new metal tendencies, but by the time you're listening to Iowa, this is, no, this is for sure... It's, it's like a lot of these bands, like... Like I said, Deftones first album, uh, really Static X never seemed like new metal to me. Mudvayne on their first album, like I said, uh, with System, I would say, def- uh, self-titled, maybe Toxicity 2 has that sound, uh, but by still this album, it's, it's different. And then with Slipknot, Maybe their first album has a little bit of a new metal sound. I mean, okay, fair. Fair enough, fair enough. Their first two albums have new metal sounds, but go listen to people equals go listen to people people equals shit. Yeah, I said it. Go listen to it. Go listen to the very beginning of it. That's death metal. That is Thank you. I'm already awake. That is death metal. It's death metal, my friends. I 
don't know if your local radio station may or may not have played that song. Mine played, um, obviously, just the singles. But that's death metal. It's death metal. I'm sorry. It just it just is. They, they're a bunch of weird dudes from Iowa that decided to try and makes make a new kind of sound and they did it's it's death metal for the radio and like i said that's kind of where a lot of these other bands are going but they're kind of, they're taking the more traditional more more traditional and more progressive more technical death metal and putting it in the forefront slipknot i don't know slipknot kind of created their own little style of riffing but we're not here to talk about Slipknot yet. We still don't have any details on a new album. There's one band that I have completely skirted around here. And that band is Cold Chamber. I'm kidding. I like Cold Chamber, but it's not who we're talking about. Who are the fathers of new metal? Who are they? Bakersfield, California's own Corn. Started up in 1993, had a had a demo with four tracks. I think it was like Blind, Alive, Clown, and Faggot. I can't remember. I cannot remember. It was called. I don't remember what it was called. It's like Niedermeyer's Mind. I'm going to have to look that up. Because I just... Uh, I just... I just thought of it. I don't take notes for every single thing that I that I come up with. Sometimes I just come up with little stuff on the fly. And I want to, uh, I want to talk about that. Let's see, extended plays. Where, where would this be? Where would this be? Gosh, darn it. It's not going to show up there. Niedermeyer's Mind. Ah, predictable, blind, daddy, and alive. Blind and predictable. Predictable spelled with an A instead of an E. Weird. Uh, and daddy from the first album. And alive, which didn't see the light of day until See You on the Other Side nearly ten years later. On their sixth album. These guys, they put all of all of those things together funkiness and beats uh, hip-hop sensibility kind of the heaviness of groove metal but taken to a different place like a completely new tone that i don't i don't know was ever really explored until then because that same year dream theater started using seven strings but they hadn't gone to a yet they were they were Dream Theater was still playing in B standard, but 
these guys, these guys have been the real deal for me for a long time. I mean, is it angsty? Yes, but some of it comes from a place of truth and it's still really good music. Now, Korn went through a bit of a period. Now, it's weird to think, but these guys were kind of one of the biggest bands on the planet, if not the biggest band on the planet for a bit. Like, late 90s, Korn was everywhere. I'm sure I was aware of them, but I was I was little, so I don't remember really interacting with any of their music until I was about 13, 13 or so. Um, and around that time is when Take a Look in the Mirror came out. That was my first Korn album that I really went to the went to Best Buy and picked up off the shelf and walked out with after paying for it. Um, I'm not a thief. Well, I've, I've stole once from Hot Topic, but not a thief ever since then. Anyways, um, but then something changed. Their guitarist, first, let's go over the members here. You got, obviously, Jonathan Davis, lead vocals, bagpipes, programming, and drums. Uh, this is another band that has a really solid lineup that has just not changed much at all over the years. Kind of like uh, Mastodon. Mastodon is one of the only ones I can think of. Um, Slipknot until recently. Well, I say recently. As recent as 2010. That, that's when things started changing for them. So let's see in Slipknot. Uh, Paul died. Joey was fired. They replaced him with V-Man and uh, Jay. Then Chris ended up leaving. And was replaced with uh, um, Tortilla Man. Right? So it's only been the three, I think. Corn, let's continue. So then you've got James Monkey Schaefer, guitar, backing vocals, Reginald Fieldy Arvizu. I've never tried to say that before on bass. He's the clicky bass guy who does the clicky slap bass. Love it. And then uh, Brian Head Welch, guitars and backing vocals. And Ray Luzier on drums. I don't know if I pronounced that properly or not. And then um, David uh, David Silveria used to play drums, but he left. I don't even remember when he left. I think he left after. T- Maybe he left after See You on the Other Side. I can't remember. But he left not that long after head but head head left and I everybody calls them by their nicknames head left because um he was starting to feel like the music that they were making was affecting his family and affecting things in a bad way he was a bad drug addict so he went and he got saved he found Jesus and he got saved. He started making Christian metal, and I mean, Corn continued on without him. The problem is, 
See, they put out See You on the Other Side after Take a Look in the Mirror, which was the last album with Head. Then they put out Untitled or Corn 2. It's funny, they've had like three self-titled albums, two deliberately, and then one that was just like, I, I don't think they meant to call it Corn 2. Um, Head took with him the, the sound that that spooky, creepy aspect that Korn has always had in their music. He took that with him. That was his. That was his touch. And it was gone for the next few albums. I mean, they went through a weird midlife crisis area where they, uh, they did the dubstep album. They did Korn 3 where they tried to recapture the, uh, the, uh, they tried to go back to basics and it was just like, this is not working. Decidedly not working. But then, Head returned to the band. I think he returned for the very first time on stage during, not Family Values, it was some tour. And then it came out that he was rejoining the band full time. And I was could not have been more excited. Now, I have not listened to the the uh Paradigm Shift in full cuz I just I just hadn't listened to it. But what I did hear, I was like, "Oh my god. Oh my god, Corn is back." But I did listen to The Serenity of Suffering all the way through. That album it's like it's like they've been re they've been reinvigorated like the corn of late 90s was back 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 then then they went through some tragedy and um i think before yeah before their next album they had uh Jonathan Davis's mother and wife died so like a huge double tragedy but at this point these guys they're they're all former heavy drug users drug addicts they 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 knew as kids they got famous and they found ways to cope with the stresses of life and the stresses of fame you know the way most stars do with heavy drugs and alcohol and well, now they're like 40 and 50 years old with kids and families. They found new ways to cope. And the way that Jonathan Davis coped was he he got in the studio and he put his pain into his music and they created the nothing. And it's it's a dark album. It's a scary album. It, it's it's a dark one. It's really dark because of that because that's him processing his feelings and his just it's another one of those kind of real sounding things that they've done kind of like daddy it's 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 kind of scary sounding i don't listen to it much i haven't listened to it really since it came out it's it's just the, the stuff that's tacked along with it is just very it's very uh troublesome to me But then, a few weeks ago, they released Requiem. 
their very first single from it is called Start the Healing. And to me, that's what this album is about. It's about, it, it sounds like trying to come back around. Like the nothing was not wallowing in your sor- in your sorrows, but processing your feelings and processing your anger and sadness. Maybe not in a healthy way, but in a healthier way than it used to be. Requiem sound sound wise, it sounds like it sounds like healing. It sounds like coming back around, getting back up on your feet and trying to get back out there. And I know that's not an easy thing to do. So uh yeah. Thirty minutes in, let's uh let's get to it. I have I have to work today. <laughs> uh so my first impression was, you know, kind of like kind of like the nothing. I really 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 like uh Serenity of Suffering, but when I looked at the nothing, I was like it's it's good. It's not as good as old corn though. Nothing's going to be as good as old corn. You have to get that through your mind. Um not that the same about this album. It's pretty good. Could be better, you know. Not not bad at all. After time, uh, I've come to I've come to find it to be a lot better than I originally thought. It's fun. It's got a lot of nice chunky moments. It's only got a f- couple of moments where I'm kind of not there with it. But really, it's it's a it's a fun album. Let's 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 kind of start taking some bites out of it. So first up, we got Forgotten. That's the second single. It's a little bit of a weird bouncy start to the album some interesting drumming kind of like tapping on the edge of the drum i guess i'm not a drummer i just think that's what it is and the verse brings in that trademark spooky atmosphere corn is known for the chorus has a little bit of a different kind of feel it's not exactly upbeat but it's a bit more hopeful like the way these sounds song the way these <laughs> the way these songs sound it's early guys come on give me a break they sound like i just imagine someone kind of getting up off the ground and just looking up at the sky like like you know you've got to move forward and you know you've got to come overcome but it's going to be tough but you know you can do it it's 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 very hopeful music um it's like this is truly the healing after the nothing's trauma the nothing is processing trauma and requiem is healing from that trauma uh, this one doesn't do as much for me as a lot of the other songs on this album, which is good. I was hoping that the singles wouldn't totally just take over and be like, the singles are the best thing on the album by far. No, 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 no. Uh, it sets up a pretty good bar for expectation for everything else on a sonic level as well as thematically. Like, you're... It kind of lets you know you're in for something that feels 
different for this band because you're used to corn sounding dark and mean and just angsty they're like the angsty new metal band although i would almost say tetrarch is more angsty well yeah but i we can't we can't talk about new new metal bands like i was gonna say tetrarch and uh tala the diff the thing with tala and tetrarch i feel like that's part of the sound because new metal is known as the angsty whiny the whiny core or wine core or whatever so of course they're probably they're they're sitting there like all right let's make it so they make that part of their sound and you know what that's fine like i did like i said in my uh review of uh matrophagy it's on brand the angst is on brand that's literally what they're going for that's part of the sound just like it was for corn or is it kind of is on to let the dark do the rest say uh it's a freaking scary and heavy song at first it seems like they're getting up to their their usual even into the verse but it still carries that sense of hope again like in the chorus the chorus is weird for me like i do like it but i i don't know some of the some of the lyrics i'm just not sure if lyrically it's there for me <laughs> musically musically yes and uh feel wise it is it's it's very much so there i do like it i do like it it doesn't it doesn't do it for me as much as some of the other stuff to come but it's still good I'm not sure how to articulate how it makes me feel like I didn't like it, but I grew to like it, but it's still weird. I don't know. And the bridge has a nice tremolo in the background. Kind of reminds me of the bridge and falling away from me. And the end is pretty heavy has the, uh, the feel. I was wondering if I'd really get to feel on this album because the first couple of songs are kind of like, are you going to get that that angry at the world feel that you're used to hearing from Gorn? And for a minute, I wasn't quite sure because I'd heard Start the Healing and it's different. And that's the next song. And I'd heard Forgotten. And that was the last song. And now I'm hearing this one. And they all sound they all have this similar air about them. And I... I wasn't sure if I was going to get kind of the sound I wanted from this band here or maybe ever again. It's kind of a silly thought now. <laughs> it's been a while since I re uh, wrote these. I was planning on doing Metanoia first because I was really excited about that album. But it's harder to process just musically. Um, and I just haven't... I, I wrote this one first because this was easier. And then I was going to write Metanoia and then I was going to see if I could possibly record them at the same time and have a couple of weeks done. But then, you know, life happened. So. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I wondered if I was going to get that heavy heaviness that I 
So Crave from this band. It's there, but lyrically, they're far more upbeat with things, looking forward instead of back, looking up instead of down. I mean, it's great. It's great. I, I enjoy this song. I enjoy this song. The chorus is weird, but hey, it's going to happen. So now we finally get to the very first single, Start the Healing. This one sounds a bit more melancholy than the others, but again, it's like super upbeat, especially in comparison to Korn's everything else. <laughs> Has Korn ever made anything that sounded upbeat to this point? This, this album sounds so different to me. It surprises me to hear one of my angsty staples from adolescence sound this way. But it makes me genuinely happy because it means that they've grown and as adults, they're finding ways to deal with their issues. <laughs> you get it? Deal with their issues. Huh? Huh? No? Don't quit your day job? <sighs> Fine. I know I'm a good comedian. You guys just don't know good jokes. Anyways, um, yeah, they found they found good, real ways when when your music really becomes your therapy, and you can just go to therapy, go in the studio and make music instead of doing coke or smack or speed or any of that stuff. To me, that's a big step. That means that you've really made it. There's some bands out there I wish I could have seen make it to that same place. Um, Back to the song, the bridge kind of leaves something to be desired. But I mean, the chorus makes up for that. The chorus in this song is, it's still really upbeat, but it's kind of dark. It makes for a very fun song. But there's still better to be had here. <laughs> Like it's a it's a great song, but once you get past the first three songs, it starts to it starts to pick up even more. It's this this album's interesting. It's very short too. It's only thirty two minutes. I mean, that's like wow. It's usually corn albums are like ten tw ten to twelve. You know, normal length songs. I expected that, but just nine it's 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 a nice compact kind of package we've had a lot of bands making really long albums uh from last year this year i mean 78 minutes i mean we've we've had 75 minutes 78 minutes we've had like 85 minutes double albums uh and then, on the other hand, I've covered some that are under 30 minutes long. Moving right along. Lost in the Grandeur. It's very heavy starting off. This one kind of sounds like old school. My old school for corn. Take a look in the mirror era is what came to mind for me. See, that's when I got into them. There are different sounds for them. Their first couple albums have that experimental kind of clickiness and just like they've got a certain like extra dark air to them. 
but then like the next couple are a little bit more commercial sounding um well really i would almost put untouchables in there too but untouchables kind of started to reach into some other areas then take a look in the mirror it's like really dark and really heavy and aggressive and then everything is weird after that everything every album is different from the last i mean see you on the other side is it sounds like they're trying to keep up the momentum they had from take a look in the mirror but having trouble uh untitled i never listened to but it kind of sounded the same but further afield than see you on the other side path to totality is like about as far afield as you can possibly go now i'm not saying the stuff i heard from it isn't fun but it's just not my preferred brand of tea my preferred style of tea i i i'd, I'd like i'd like maybe an earl gray but this is more of a uh sleepy time does that make sense i don't know tea i just know that those are two types of tea I don't know. Um, and then Corn 3, I liked it when I first heard it, but now I've gone back and listened and I'm like, ah, it just feels like they're reaching for stuff and it's, and not finding it. Um, but yeah, this, this song makes me think of Take a Look in the Mirror era. Um, it sounds like it could have been an outtake from that time. It really does. The chorus... Is, is the chorus is kind of more downbeat than the previous ones, which is a little weird. And then the bridge is like old, old first three albums corn. Like it slows and it's jazzy, like bass tortured Jonathan Davis that really where where it sounds like he's clenching his teeth and he's shaking you know like that oh my god it sounds it sounds like old corn it's so good he's on top he's on top of his game he's still angry but not for the old reasons like it feels good when listening to daddy when he storms out of there crying it sucks because you know he probably went away to do drugs to kind of take himself away from that. Whereas now he would probably, I don't know, go play with his kids, go sit in the studio, try to come up with something, find something to make, be constructive rather than destructive. Which again that's that's what i enjoy that's what i enjoy here uh yeah definitely not angry for the old reasons it feels it feels good to see them grow as people it's more so directed at his pain and a means to the end of healing as opposed to like it's like he's still processing some things as opposed to I'm just like analyzing the feel of the music. Not so much the lyrics. Like I said, I'm not a lyrics guy. I don't pick up lyrics first. Now with bands like Korn or Slipknot, I'm going to pick up some lyrics 
immediately, but with some of these heavier bands, I don't pick up lyrics. I pick up vocals. So, it's like for the longest time, I didn't know what some of the lyrics were for the songs from And I Return to Nothingness. But now I've started to pick some of it up. I'm internalizing it. It's, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. All right, on to Disconnect. This is another heavy one. Very dissonant to start off. The vocals are more in line with the old style. Definitely feeling a lot more darkness from this one. And this time it feels really dark. Like, this is like old. It's like kind of a newer corn sound, but with the old corn darkness. It's it's hard to explain. The chorus does feel hopeful while being very dark still. <laughs> and again, the bridge doesn't do much for me. There's a lot of that on this album. A lot of bridges, a lot of midsections that don't really just don't click for me. Now, this song sounds like it's kind of searching for hope. Like it's on the way there part of the process it's a very nice song very nice i had i i enjoyed this song the these two very middle songs on the album i i enjoy them both a lot um i mean we're kind of gonna hit some ebbs and flows here coming up but um i mean that's that's every album isn't it not really. There's some albums that are, I mean, nigh untouchable. <laughs> There's some albums that have no boring moments. Odyssey to the West by the uh, Slice the Cake, for instance. I really want to do an analysis of that, but I am so scared because it's, it's a crazy story. Ugh, man. One day. So, now we get hopeless and beaten. This is a different sound to start with. It doesn't have the griminess that they usually come at you with. Though that's not what hurts the song. It's just kind of flat, really. It never really does anything to ramp up from the last songs or even from the last part of, of itself. It just kind of sticks in one spot. The main riff reminds me of uh, Gigantium from Hushed and Grim. And Gigantium, I feel like Gigantium has a similar feel too, because it kind of has this, not droning, but it kind of stays in one place for most of the song. It didn't do that much for me. Like I said, as I've gone on, I've realized that the first disc of Hushed and Grim is fantastic it is mastodon at their finest the second disc is like some of this stuff could have been cut i feel like they could have took all 15 songs and they could have looked through it and there's enough they could have cut they could have had a straight album they could have took some of those kind of weaker songs from the second album and popped them in the middle of some of the other ones. I might make a playlist and kind of tweak that out. Because I've wondered about that. Yeah, I think I'm going to make a YouTube music playlist of that. 
here shortly at some point. Um, now, the song does get some chunky moments near the end, but overall, it doesn't do much at all for me. Like, this one is just this one is just a miss, honestly. And it's going to happen. It happens. I mean, these guys have been around for almost 30 years, 28 years now. Yeah, 2022. God, that's scary. 30 years of corn. So, and we get penance to sorrow. This is more like it. Is it more of the same? Yeah, but that's what you come to corn for? Is like, do you really expect Fear Factory to sound any different? Okay, now I expect Fear Factory to sound different, but did you expect anything different from Aggression Continuum? Did I expect anything like truly profoundly different from Genesis from the Deftones? No, because these aren't those kinds of bands. Devil Driver's been making essentially, I think they've essentially been making the same album since around like 2007, like Last Kind Words, Pray for Villains, Beast. I think they've been making similar albums. Disturbed, they started with 10,000 Fists, and Indestructible, Asylum, very similar albums. Um, what's what's another one? I, I can't say Lamb of God. They have changed a fair bit. And besides, I don't listen to them very much. Um, there's some bands that they have kind of a core sound that you know they're probably going to stick to. And Korn is one of those bands. It's a lot of the same, but again, it's one of those things when you're a popular band, you're on the radio, you know how to package that same formula in numerous different ways to make it feel different and sound different, package these songs differently to where they have their own personality and they're all fun on their own. It doesn't all have to sound different. Some some it can get bad when you've got songs that literally sound the same like on faceless by godsmack um back-to-back songs too the title track faceless and changes the chorus the choruses are similar the choruses have a similar sound that has always bothered me because i could never ever tell them apart except for the fact he says i'm looking for changes in changes and he says, I'm face or you're faceless. You're faceless. It's been a while since I listened to faceless. I might listen to that today while I'm working. I might go listen to my, uh, my, uh, <laughs> my space camp Four, uh, the four albums that kind of started to build my building blocks for my enjoyment of alternative rock and alternative metal, which would be, uh, 2003 I went to space camp and the albums my mom allowed me to buy for some reason she let me get uncensored versions she wouldn't let me get the gorillas uncensored but she would let me get uh all of these uncensored believe by disturbed meteora by lincoln park uh faceless by godsmack and year of the spider by cold which most of those bands I kind of fell off listening to at some point soon after that because like that that's around the time i started 
watching uranium and discovered you know slipknot mastodon cradle of filth seven dust i started kind of starting to try and reach into some heavier stuff um Um, but yeah, you come to corn for more of the same, more of the same is not a bad thing. More of the same is the bad thing. When the same sounds the same, the same doesn't always have to sound the same. Corn songs pretty much do the same thing. A lot of them do the same thing, but they don't all sound or feel the same. Even on the same album, you can look at Here to Stay, Thoughtless, and Hating. They don't sound the same, but they're all on the same album, and two of them, I think, are back-to-back, if I remember correctly. If I can get to corn real quick here. Hey, look at that. I'm on Slipknot. Fans also might like corn, of course, because you're all angsty. Nobody's, yep, because I've listened to Untouchables a hundred thousand times. Here to stay is track one, Thoughtless is six, Hating is seven. I mean, there's so many different sounds on Untouchables alone. It's a different kind of album. Anyways, so the song has probably one of the strongest choruses and I think my favorite bridge of all, which isn't saying much because a lot of the bridges are just kind of like, you know, just in one ear. I wouldn't say in one ear, out the other. Just not that great. And then there's the one from, uh, what was it, Disconnect? That was like the really, what was the one? It was uh, Lost in the Granger that has like the slow, old school corn feel. Love it. But this one may be my favorite bridge on the album. Uh, I'm a little down that it's so short. It's such a short song. It's a very fun song. But it almost could have been padded. Like, I wish you could have just thrown something in. Like, make the bridge a little bit longer. Put another chorus in there. Put a whole other verse. Something. Because this, I, I, more of this. I wanted more. I, I really wanted more Penance to Sorrow. It is a fun song. And up next, we've got My Confession. It's nice and chunky. The cadence is very nostalgic from the verse. And the guitar work in the pre-chorus is pretty different. It's pretty fast. It's pretty metal. <laughs> it's pretty not corn, because decidedly corn, they shied away from solos because other people were doing solos so they wanted to do something different and i mean they could have done solos it's not that they can't it's just that they didn't want to do that in their music and now they've set up such a sound they've set up an entire genre that i mostly does not do solos but i mean some of these bands do solos now slipknot is new metal adjacent and they've been doing solos i mean there's but solos just they kind of blueprinted new metal and when they wrote those blueprints solos were not a part of it 
solos were not included. And for the most part, that's that's still how it is. I think Tetrarch, yeah, Tetrarch plays some solos because they're they're guitarists. What's her name? Dallas. She's kind of she's kind of been touted as one of those guitarists to look out for. She's really good. Um, now, yeah, the um, the pre-chorus has kind of got like a. It's it sounds very metal. The riffing sounds metal as opposed to corn. <laughs> and for this one, I actually like the chorus a lot less than the verse and pre-chorus. And the bridge, the bridge comes in pretty hot here too. Like some of these bridges later on are pretty doggone good. It's a bit of sl- it's a bit of a slower song than the earlier ones and the previous one, but it still holds its own. It kind of gives me. Th- these slight like everything I've known vibes at points it's really good stuff really good stuff like this has been a solid album so far there's only been one song that I was like nope don't like this has been a solid album like Korn has really they've really they pulled a machine hit Uh, is that proper to say I don't know because machine head they they made the burning red, which is awesome. It's an afterthought that it's a new metal album with big old air quotes there. Um, then they did Supercharger, and that bombed and got them kicked off a of Roadrunner, and they regrouped as a three piece, and then Phil Dimmel joined, and they uh, they recorded a four a four part they recorded a four song demo. I can't remember what all was on it. I know Descend the Shades of Night was one of them. And I think, um, not Seasons Wither, but uh, Days Turn Blue to Gray. It was a four-track demo. They sent it out. Roadrunner picked them back up. And they came back strong. Strong and hard with uh, Through the Ashes of Empires. And then they came back even stronger with The Blackening. One of my favorite albums of all time. Still holds up to this day. It still holds up. The Blackening is master of puppets for a new generation. Outright. And then, um. Locust was just about as good as The Blackening. It was under it. And then, I don't know, Bloodstone and Diamond wasn't as good from what I heard. I never listened to it. I kind of fell off from Machine Head after uh, the after locust and then um from what i've heard catharsis was not good had some weird stuff but from what i'm hearing their new album they just finished is like the blackening too and the stuff from the ep is vicious it is good stuff i can't wait anyways we're not talking about machine head let's wrap this up worst is on its way very heavy and offbeat song. Uh, it slows a bit in the verse, but the chorus still shines a considerable amount. The bridge picks things up a lot. We get some nice scatting, and I haven't heard that in so long. It's a very there's a very quiet acoustic bit, but the song is a little boring. It doesn't do a lot for me really. It's not bad, but not good, not great either. The bass part of the end is a little nice, but 
I mean, overall, it's a little bit of a boring end to the album. But overall, the album is really good. It's strong. Some good, strong stuff. And I mean, The Nothing had some strong stuff, too. Um, I still think The Serenity of Suffering is about as good as they've been uh, since their comeback with Head. But I, I, I definitely recommend this. If you're a Korn fan, you're a new metal fan, go listen to the go listen to the granddaddies of new metal. See how it's done. These guys are they're still good. I wouldn't say it's great as some of their stuff in the past has been. I would say it's still really good and it's solid. Um it's a definite recommend for me. I enjoyed it. I enjoy it a lot. Um I'll probably return to it a little bit, but not much. Um, so as far as rankings go, hopeless and beaten is at the bottom. Just bored me to bored me. It's not that great. Uh, worst is on its way. Similar. Not as bad. Then we've got forgotten. I do like forgotten, but it's just everything else is just better and better and better. Let the dark do the rest again. It's a good song. I enjoy it. It's a little weird in the chorus, but I like everything else better my confession we're getting there we're getting there it's it's fun it's fun getting even better penance to sorrow oh my goodness we're we're looking at some really special stuff here we're looking at some really fun stuff disconnect oh now this is it this is much more like it oh this is so good and then start the healing start the healing just is a great song it's just a great single and it it really it really touches my heart because it feels like they're they've like maybe this was written when they were starting to heal. I don't know. I don't know. And my number one from this album, Lost in the Grandeur, such an awesome song. And of course, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, come on, scroll please. Oh. It looks like, is there just like a visualization for, I think there's just a visualization for all of the songs. I see Hopeless and Beaten, Worst is on its way, Penance to Sorrow, Let's Dark do the rest, My Confession. But as far as singles, I see Start the Healing, Forgotten, and Lost in the Granger. Because it's a great single. That's it, guys. That's, that's Requiem by Corn. Great album. I enjoyed it. It sounds like my family's up, so I'm gonna get the hell out of here. Um, really wanting to do that manga show. Really wanting to do it. Probably gonna do a podcast. I just have to make myself actually do it. Create another account. I guess I create another Patreon just in case anyone wants to. Uh, anyone wants to support it probably won't do a um buy me a coffee for that one this one i'm the buy me a coffee's not going anywhere because uh because i mean it's it's me and my buddy david peterson to the moon <laughs> to the moon my friend um yeah so i'm hoping to get back on schedule uh this upcoming week uh 
this upcoming week, we're finally going to look back and take a look at um, one of my more one of my more um, anticipated albums of this year, Metanoia by Persephone. And also, you're going to get to hear firsthand a very, very tiny niblet of how I feel about Time Wave Zero. So, I just pointed up in the air and then, like, I don't know, I was going to quip something and then it just, I don't know, totally went away from me. So, yeah, I guess I'll see you guys uh, next week.